Welcome to this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Bryce Duskett this week, filling in for Susan Littlefield. Joining us on the program today, it's Jeff Peterson. He's the president of Heartland Farm Partners, also joined by Mike Zuzalo of Global Commodity Analytics. We'll get both their thoughts of the market trade from this week here in a few moments. But first, we go to a word from our sponsor, the Nebraska Soybean Board. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. Welcome back to the weekly market roundup. Again, joined by Jeff Peterson of Heartland Farm Partners and Mike Zuzalo of Global Commodity Analytics. Mike, I want to start with you here on today's conversation. Talk about something happened at the midweek. Certainly had a big, big impact uh, on the markets. Uh, at the midweek, we saw record interest rate hike by the Federal Reserve. How did you see the commodity market reacting to that news. Yeah, good to be with you, Bryce. I, you know, the basic point that I've been trying to talk to clients and subscribers about in the aftermath of the Fed policy increases, they're using a tool that is mainly demand related. And most of the inflation we're facing is more of a cost push. It's supply, it's weather, uh, even in the case of the demand when it comes to consumer demand that the Fed's so concerned about and this inflationary pressure it really, the source of it, a lot of it anyway, is the fiscal policy and the pandemic spending and, and what we sent out in terms of checks from Washington. So I think the instrument that is being used is really going to hurt our consumption base. And I think the recessionary potential really got ratcheted up at this point. And it's really going to make it difficult for consumers. It's going to make it difficult for commodity hedgers because we're not going to know as easily which is falling faster, supply or demand. And reminds me a lot of 2008 and 2012 in terms of once the weather, once the wheat, uh, those things are done rallying, uh, do the corn and beans have very little to fly on and therefore have to fall out of space? And that's kind of the thing that I'm starting to prepare for. And that dollar currency is, is first and foremost in my mind, along with those bond yields, as far as near-term direction. Let me ask you this, Mike, staying with you, what can the producer do out there to see some of those signs of the impacts that you're talking about? What can they be watching? I'm very conscious of what has happened in Nebraska, as I'm sure Jeff is too, about the weather. There's other areas of the country that have been hit. Southern Illinois clients have been reporting today a lot of storm damage. I think to answer your question, Bryce, is I'm really going to use a lot more bought puts, a lot more paper positions, that if investors want to take profit in the commodities after midsummer, like 2012 or in the late summer, uh, after 2012, then you're talking about, I think, a 15, 20 percent potential pullback that may be worth getting into on the paper side and not do too much and overdo your cash bushel sales. Jeff, let's turn to you in this week's conversation as we look at how things finished up. July corn finished up 11 cents in the week, December closing up 10 cents, July soybeans closing down 43 cents, November settling down 30. What do you see as the most important factors uh, impacting the corn and soybean markets right now? You know, I think Mike brought up a good point. Uh, we, we've got a headwind with us with what we got going on in, in interest rate hikes and in trying to control inflation. But, you know, kind of fueling that then over on the supply side, we're, we're right in the throes of a, a weather market. And I got to keep reminding myself that we are at the middle of June. This crop was planned a little late, but, 
you know, here when we come back, uh, you know, early part of next week, I come back on trade on Tuesday, um, Monday night trade, actually, I guess. But, you know, the, the market will, from the forecast side, will be looking out into those first few days of July. And right now we've got that setup of that ridge. You've got, uh, you know, low pressure over to the kind of the West Coast. You've got kind of the low pressure setting up over the East Coast, high pressure right up to the middle, increasing our temperatures. And as you're looking at the forecast, you're seeing warmer conditions and, and less than desired amounts of precip. And there's a few areas that are showing up a little bit dry. If you look at the you know, last 14 days and last 30 days, it, it's interesting to see some parts of Northwest Iowa. Interesting part over in Illinois, it's a little bit of dryness developing. They're okay on moisture yet, but there's some dryness there. So we're gonna have to watch this forecast close. But what I find interesting about what Mike touched on is at a certain point in here, we know a weather market will go away. And, and when that does happen, if we also have the demand backing off and it's a little bit tougher to see how it is backing off, but it will back down, uh, you know, then we've kind of got a double whammy there. And, and this is definitely a market that you have to make sure you get self-protected in price. Jeff, you, Jeff, you use the term weather market. What do you mean specifically by that? Yeah. So when I talk about the weather market, what we're talking about is that we're, we're watching the forecast, watching temperatures, watching the precept levels in different parts of the country with the focus really all going back to saying what impact is that at the end of the day, first of all, going to have on crop conditions, but then at the end of the day, what's that physically going to end up having on the yields? And it's way too early right now to talk about anything from the yield side, but what we know from the condition side, when we come in on Tuesday, we know that we'll see some lower conditions. At least we think we'll see some lower conditions because of the weather we had this past week showing up on, on both the corn and the soybean side, Bryce. If you're just joining us now, you are watching the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. Our guest today, Jeff Peterson and Mike Zuzalo. Mike, as we go back to you, I, I mentioned the prices of where we settled at this week. What are you watching as we turn to the week ahead? Obviously, Jeff talks about the fact that it could be a weather market here, but what's going to be most important to follow? I think the technicals uh, in mixing in with what Jeff was talking about fundamentally, Bryce, is really key because we've got some real alarm bells ringing on the weekly and monthly charts as far as the wheat, the soft red wheat, and also the soybeans. And, you know, I think this is where the charts have done a very good job. The technicals have done a good job of kind of anticipating what the funds may or may not want to do. And I don't rely upon charts very heavily. They're, they're good for pulling triggers for me. But as far as the analysis, mostly, you know, fundamental and fund driven analysis is what I get used to doing, have been used to doing. But I think we're in an environment now where if we break these major trend lines that are drawn off of lows from six, eight, nine months ago, uh, it's something to take note of, especially if you're willing to do some of those paper positions. So that's the big thing for me is coming back, knowing what, like uh, Jeff was talking about, knowing where we're heading into the July 4th holiday, do the GFS and Euro weather models come together finally and suggest a, a high rigid pressure centered over Nebraska. And unfortunately, that's the state that's being hit the worst in terms of the drought monitor. But I also think that's what the trade is really focusing on because Nebraska is such a big corn state and it's right butt up against Iowa. Jeff, back to you. We talk about these higher prices. How would you assess corn and soybean demand holding up right now? You know, what's interesting as we dig into it, um, first of all, starting on the corn side, ethanol demand has been, been good. Um, we think that the pace we're on right now, as we go forward, we think we'll meet USDA's numbers and we think we'll even have a chance to maybe see them bump up just a little bit down the road. We do have to be a little cautious there on the corn export demand. 
even though we're seeing very good demand and very good basis levels, you know, some very strong basis levels all across the Corn Belt, the, the export demand that we're seeing, we're coming into a time when that safrina crop is very competitive with ours. And I'm a little concerned. USDA in the June report, they did lower the export demand for corn. I think as we go forward, we might have to lower it a little bit more yet. We step over to soybeans. Soy de soybean demand's holding up good. Crush number, crush number when you do a little pace analysis is run a little bit behind pace. I do still think as we look at going forward, where we're at, I, I think we can meet USDA's number there. And over on the export side, export sides, even though we're not exporting a lot as it compared to what we do kind of at harvest time, we're, we're exporting a, a very good quantities for this time of year. And when you couple that with the fact that we've got South American production that was a little shorter than what, uh, you know, they were anticipating. So a smaller crop there, we're exporting out enough that I think uh, we'll have to see an increase on the export numbers down the road. So overall, that's kind of how we're sitting, Bryce. Jeff, talking about the corn and soybean demand. Mike, I want to bring you back here and talk about wheat market. Uh, on Friday, as things close, Kansas City, July closed down 57 cents. We know harvest underway uh, in the state of Kansas there. It, reports obviously not good. So, so what leads things down to kind of a meltdown as we round out the week? Yeah, this is where I think the wheat really bridges the gap between the macro and the micro. We're in a harvest cycle and a harvest seasonal. So the, the long position holder traditionally this time of year is just going to be very hard pressed to hold a position if he starts to take a loss just because of the time period we're in, Bryce. But I think there's a really strong relationship right now between the copper market, China, what's happening with China and the United States, what's happening with China and Russia. Um, I think that's really playing a role here in terms of the copper's been leaning on the wheat market and making it a lot easier, in my opinion, for funds to sell and maybe go net short uh, at this point in time. The other thing that I think's really come out this week that I don't think the market's really focusing on or priced in yet is that we know pretty conclusively from several comments, including the Secretary of Ag, that we are dealing with Russia having now taken some Ukrainian grain and shipping it out throughout the Black Sea an interactive map that I can track live shipments out of the Black Sea and out of Russia specifically. A lot of wheat and corn cargoes with the Russian flag on it right now. Russia themselves says, says they're helping, you know, advance some of the Ukrainian supplies into the world market. And I think the trade just hasn't caught up with that yet. Jeff, let me come back to you. 30 seconds or so here as we wrap up today's conversation. No trade on Monday due to a holiday. All these factors said, what could things look like as we open up the overnight trade Monday night? Well, it's going to be very important to watch that weather. And in our mind, as we get the weather market, you know, as I've mentioned that we're in amongst and we come into seeing what the GFS models kick out, uh, you know, in the noon run and then the afternoon run and see what the European does. If we would start seeing some wetness form and one of my concerns I have, even though I, I think we can see this market go a little bit higher yet, one of the concerns would be is does some weather and wetness show up out there in that two week period? So that's that's something we got to watch close. Watch crop conditions also when they come out on, on Tuesday, Bryce. Never enough time to cover all the topics we'd like to. That is Jeff Peterson and Mike Zuzalo joining us here on the program. As a reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss, and it's not suitable to all investors. That is this week's weekly market roundup, which is brought to you by Nebraska's soybean farmers and their checkoff. <laughs> 